Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hello and welcome to Money Tips. This is Charles Kelly bringing you money tips to help you save, earn, invest, accumulate and obviously enjoy more money. Today I wanted to talk to you about a remarkable book, uh, probably one of the greatest self-help books written of all time. Uh, And when I tell you it's written nearly 100 years ago, you're probably going to say, oh, it's out of date. Things are different nowadays. But believe me, uh, a lot of the that the stuff in that book is still very, very relevant today because it's a timeless classic, probably the daddy of all self-improvement books um, and written by a guy who uh, interviewed then the top sort of millionaires and billionaires of those days. uh, And he spent 20 years getting all this knowledge together to put into this, this lifetime's work. And it's sold tens and tens of millions of copies and it's probably been downloaded by even more millions of people because I believe it's out of copyright now. You can probably get this book free. The book, if you're a, if you're a self-help uh, junkie like me, you'll probably immediately know the book. It's called Think and Grow Rich. And as I said, because it's, uh, it's uh, out of copyright, I think a lot of people have been using this book and you can... Uh, you know, use chapters of it and people have been sort of re-recording it on, on audio and this sort of stuff. So it, it's all out there. Uh, I, I'd, I'd strongly suggest you read it because I think it's probably helped more people become millionaires and uh, be successful than, than any other book. And many, many people have attributed their their success uh, to, to this to this book. Uh, Jim Carrey comes to mind, the actor who, who used some of the techniques in this book. Um, you know, many, many, many people... Uh, I'm trying to think of the the other ones now, <laughs> but uh, that if, if you if you look through this book, a lot of the stuff is is still very very relevant today. Now, think and grow rich, but I mean the title is a little bit uh, deceiving, I think, isn't it? Think and grow rich, really? Can, can you can you really just think and grow rich? Um, now, I, I've I, my old battered copy of the book is just here beside me. Think and grow rich. I, I've got my notes in here from it. And my copy dates back to the, to the 80s when uh, I, I actually bought this in, in the Philippines, believe it or not, because in those days you couldn't find these sort of books, these um, popular psychology, you know, there wasn't many of them around in foils and uh, the bookshops here at that time. And, you know, but, but in the Philippines, like America, they had whole sections on self-help and self-improvement and you know, this type of book. So I, I was like a, a kid in a sweet shop and I, I found my book uh, at the, the National Bookstore and it was about a pound or a couple of pounds. It was far cheaper than anything because it was printed locally. And the reason I say is the title, you know, a, a little bit deceiving is because, you know, you, you think, do you just, can you just really think and grow rich? Can you just sit there and go, oh, the money will come. Oh, I'm going to grow rich. But I don't think... Well, I know that the author didn't really mean that. He was a great advertising journalist type of guy. 
and he talks about taking a course on advertising. So he knew how to come up with a title and what a title, Think and Grow Rich, one of the great titles. And he knew how to sort of hook you in. But the actual content of the book is not just about sitting and thinking and growing rich. And in fact, you know, I, I went to page 36, six steps to turn your desires into gold. And this, this is how they talked in those, they turn your desires into gold. And, and the six steps are, Fixing your mind the exact amount of money. I'll stop doing the accent. Fixing your mind the exact amount of money you desire. It's not sufficient to say that I want plenty of money. Be definite as to the amount of money. Uh, there's a psychological reason for this. And uh, then he says, number two, determine exactly what you intend to give in return for the money, as there's no such thing as something for nothing. I thought, damn it, there's always a catch. You told me I could think and grow rich. Now you're telling me I've got to do something. Okay, I, I jest. So then number three, establish a definite date for when you intend to possess the money you desire. Remember Jim Carrey, he had that check that he famously wrote out for himself, $10 million. And he said, I, I will give in return for this money, my best service as an actor. And I think he had a date on it and he kept it in his pocket. And, and that was you know, straight out of this, you know, so these, these things are still relevant today. Number four, create a definite plan for carrying out your desire and begin at once, whether you're ready or not, to take, put this plan into action. That could be writing something out. It could be, um, you know, making a step, making a plan or, or doing something, but not just putting it to one side. Number five, write out a clear, concise statement of the amount of money you intend to acquire. Name the time limit for its acquisition. State what you intend to give in return for the money and describe exactly, clearly, the plan through which you intend to accumulate. So it's writing out that little plan in step five. And, and that's kind of what Jim Carrey did. And then number six, read your written statement out aloud twice daily, once before you retire at night and once when you rise in the morning. As you read, see, feel and believe yourself already in possession of the money. Um, and, you know, I've heard many, many businessmen, many, many people in the media talk about this book and how they, you know, visualized themselves with this money and visualization is very important sports people use visualization all the time many successful people visualize themselves in the future being successful and it's it's not that you know he also says that it's not just about money riches could mean many many things to you um now now he he was actually uh commissioned if you like by andrew carnegie who was the the big steel magnet who just I think he'd made something like 400 million, which in, in today's terms would still put him on the richest men of all time, uh, probably richer than someone like Bill Gates, for instance. But Andrew Carnegie spent many, many years building up this fortune and then he spent the rest of his life giving it away. So he set up all these uh, Carnegie halls and uh, Carnegie libraries. They're still around in the UK and up north and in Scotland, but all over America. I think he set up like two or 3,000 libraries to, to spread knowledge around uh, to, to the poor. You know, so so he was then screwed up, but he wasn't given any money. He was just told to go out and he, he would, uh, I think he gave him some expenses, but he was told to go out and meet the great industrialists of, 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 of that time. People like Henry Ford, you know, Ford Motors, uh, who was working in a garage. He said, this guy's going to be a big, big deal in the auto, auto industry. And he was just working from a garage. Thomas Edison and, you know, many, many of these. Uh, Thomas Edison, of course, um, you know, famous for his inventions and uh you know the light bulb moment if you like and that that's that's so, so this book tells that story of, of how that um started now being an advertising man he he came up with some brilliant 
not gimmick if you like, but some idea. And he said, in this book, there is a secret. And I won't tell you what the secret is, but it's it's woven in woven into the pages of this book. So it you know it makes you want to read it, doesn't it? And it, it makes you think, I don't want to give this book away because I want to know the secret. And uh, it, it was a brilliant, uh, a brilliant gesture, if you like, to, to say let's let's put this secret in, but not actually tell people what the secret is. You know. Anyway, the book goes through various chapters. You know, using your imagination, using uh, specialized knowledge. So it wasn't just about uh, thinking. It was about using practical, specialized knowledge, organized planning. And, you know, one of the ideas, for instance, um, he, he came up with, he said, look, if you're starting out a business and you want to make some extra money, uh, it, it, it's no good saying, well, I'm going to start, uh, you know, a car company. Or I'm going to start manufacturing because you won't have the capital. And isn't that still true today? If you wanted to start a business, what do you go into? And, and the answer is the same as in this book, services. And that that is still true today. In fact, it's even easier today because you don't need a shop. You don't need premises. You don't need to buy a lot of equipment like photocopiers. You just need your laptop or your phone. Uh, I know someone who's selling uh, a relative of mine is selling K-pop uh, Korean stuff and fashion from her phone. And she hasn't even got a website. She's just got uh, a Facebook shop, if you like, Facebook online store. And you can do the same with Amazon for very little cost. I think the Facebook one is probably free. eBay, all these facilities are there to help small businesses. I'm not saying they're just there to help small business, but the, the, these small operators and all of these millions of businesses they have set up through companies like Amazon are now giving the big boys a run for their money because they can be much more adaptable. They can react to markets. And, you know, you don't even have to own the stock. You can just sell somebody's stock over there and it's shipped to, to the customer over there and you're in the middle. You're creating you're, you're creating the sale of the customer. But it, it is, believe me, it is so much easier than it, than it was in the Polling Hills days. And one of the ideas he gives is um, bookkeeping on wheels. Now, bookkeeping... It, it might sound like a, a bit of an old-fashioned idea, but it's actually still relevant today because, you know, as a, as a business person, I, I need a bookkeeper. I, I don't just need an accountant to, at the end, say, oh, these are the figures. You need a bookkeeper to collate it all. You need a bookkeeper to keep all the receipts and put it all together on a spreadsheet. I don't like doing that stuff. And in, in, when I had a, a bigger business, uh, we always struggled to find a good bookkeeper who could use Sage and, and make sense of it all. So that that's still tr true today. And he talks about specialized knowledge in in that general knowledge um like the guy who wins all the pub quizzes is probably not going to make you a lot of money you know it might win a few pounds at the pub but it, it's not going to make you wealthy so you need specialized knowledge so and after going through school for years i found that i didn't have that much specialized knowledge that could help me in in you know the real world if you like so today i i i'm you know i'm a great lover of going on courses learning new new things new techniques you know, I, I'd been in property for years and thought I knew most of what there was to know. And then you, you go on a course and you find, wow, there's all this stuff and there's options. There's these things. You know, where did that come from? Um, so don't don't feel that you know it all. Uh, always go back to keep learning, keep learning new skills, because new skills generally will, will mean you, you know, more money in your pocket, more progress in, in your life. And, you know, uh, other practical tips, for instance, he gave tips on just getting a better job. You know, why stick in a job for years that you don't like? 
uh, and, and you're not going to make any progress in when you could make, perhaps move yourself forward and get a better job. And he talks about writing a better CV. Well, that's still relevant today, isn't it? Writing a, a fantastic CV so that you can either get a better job or, or move up in your own job. So it wasn't just about setting up a, a business. It, it also talks about jobs. He talked about people bringing ideas to venture capitalists. Um, he gives an example in the book of a, of a guy who set up a, a supermarket type of idea uh, and became a, a, almost a millionaire overnight. I, I still think it's a great book. I think you can more or less get it free. You can certainly get it from the library. Um, I think all the money now that they make goes to his Napoleon Hill Foundation. But I think it's certainly worth a read. You know, it might inspire you to, to move your life forward and, you know, get get some sort of business going or, or get a second income going. Because really, um, I'd say 30, 40 years ago, when I started out in, in the workplace, there were a lot of pension schemes around. There were a lot of companies that offered final salary pension schemes. In fact, one company I worked for in the insurance industry gave, uh, I, I think it was a non-contributory final salary pension scheme. Now, I didn't really see the value of it at that time. I thought, oh, I don't need this, you know. Um, but that, that pension would have given me an income of two thirds of my final salary and, and, and I'm not paying into it. OK, it's part of your salary package, if you like. But um, now a lot of those schemes are gone. Companies are no longer offering those schemes because of the guarantees that they have to meet at the end and throughout the, the, the retire, retirees work, work in life, which could last for 30 years. So a lot of companies have withdrawn those schemes and they're given what's called a money purchase scheme, which basically means you put money into a fund and the fund will grow. And then whatever that fund is at the end, it will give you a pension based on what, what, what's in the pot. But that is, is, is not as good as, as a, a final salary scheme, which is a guaranteed figure based on your final salary. And whatever's in their pot, it doesn't matter. They have to pay you that pension. Now, these schemes are, are still available maybe with a few large companies, but they're mainly available in the, the government world and for government employees. Uh, so you, you might find nurses, people in the NHS, uh, civil servants, police, MPs get final salary schemes. And because they're so expensive to run, they've been withdrawn. Now, why am I going on about final salary schemes and money purchase schemes? What I'm saying is, you know, in, in a money purchase scheme, it's, it's not it's almost impossible to match what you would get in the final salary scheme. And especially if you're, you know, you're young and you're, you're bringing up a family, you're uh, just trying to save for your house and you're paying a large mortgage. You know, how are you going to save 20 percent or 25 percent of your your salary into a pension scheme just for the pension scheme? Because that's what it's going to take to match those sort of benefits. So, you know, people can no longer I don't think people can rely on the pension as they, they did in the past. You know, they, they said, well, if I stay with this company, I'll be OK. And, and you know, government employees and people who work for the local council are OK if they just stay where they are for 35, 40 years. Some of them are getting early retirement benefits. Some of them just, um, you know, go go off sick with stress leave and they're given early retirement, full pension uh, or a lump sum if they just want to, to make them redundant with a pension. So I think those schemes are are probably not around as much as they were 10, 15 years ago. So we, we've now got to, if you like, row our own boat. You know, you, you've got to find other ways of making sure that, you know, when you want to stop work or when you want to slow down, you'll have enough money to live. Because if you if you want to retire younger, say 50, 55, you know, how are you going to live for the next 30, 40 years even? You could live to 90. How, how are you going to survive? And, you know, one of the ways I've I, I've always thought is a good way is, to, is property. Um, you know, 
buy select properties, pay that mortgage off during your working life or, or the tenant will pay the mortgage off. And then at the end, uh, you, you've got that property giving you an income for life or you could sell that property and buy a pension with it. And, you know, with interest rates very low nowadays, pension returns and returns for investors in fixed rates are you know, very, very difficult. Low rates are great if you've got a mortgage, uh, but not so great if you're retired and your money's in investments in bonds and, and savings accounts or, or you want to buy a pension uh, retirement annuity. It, it's very, very tough at the moment uh, for people who, who are retired or approaching retirement. So property is one good way. Uh, but you need to learn about it. You need to to know what you're doing. I, I wouldn't suggest going out and buying a property and just becoming a a, a one-time amateur landlord because you, you could get your fingers burnt. Um, many people I know, including people in my own family, you know, bought a buy-to-let property, had one bad tenant and just decided, that's it, I'm not I'm never going to do this again. Um, you know, if you just get one difficult tenant. So go and learn how to do it. Uh, I, I can introduce you to several property courses which are you know some of them are free tasters even you, you can learn a lot in a weekend on a free course obviously then they're going to try and upsell you to the next level of course but you know you can learn an awful lot from the, those courses and you know you can read it in books as well but it's nice to go and go to a, an event meet people meet other people who've got properties on, on my free event I was sitting next to a guy that owned 140 properties uh, you know, it's unbelievable. I thought, you know, he, there were only beginners there, but it's not, not the case. So I've certainly done pretty well out of properties. I think it's a good way of, of investing. It, it means you can borrow money as well to buy the asset. Uh, other good ways, I, I suppose you could look at stock market investments. But again, you've got to know what you're doing. Stock market's been taking a dive last year. So you've got to be very, very careful what you buy. Um, many of the companies that we thought were very, very secure have, have gone bust last year. You know, many of the, the big stores have gone bust. And companies like Carillion that, you know, were given government contracts to build hospitals and many, many buildings all over the country and, and, and abroad, they went under, you know, they went bust. So you've got to be very, very careful which companies you select uh, because we, you know, things are moving fast nowadays. So that, that means you might need to go and learn about that. Other ways of making second incomes or uh, building up something is, is to set up a, a business on the side, maybe a, an Amazon store. But again, learn about this learn how to do this so that's that's what i'll say about think and grow rich certainly a good read and look at some of the ideas but you know don't just think and grow rich think and take action and then you will grow rich thank you for listening to money tips for more tips and information visit moneytipsdaily.com the information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice as always take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions 